The Chargers have some big holes they'll have to fill in free agency if they want to be a Super Bowl contender in 2022. And how aggressive will they be to do that, right? But there's also some Eric Weddle drama that we have to get into on today's Locked On Chargers podcast. You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer. We've been covering the Chargers for over six seasons, and now this is our fifth as the host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day what's up guys thanks for making us your first listen and as always make sure to go subscribe to the new lockdown charges youtube channel and follow the show for free on all platforms so you guys can always keep up with the show and everything going on and on today's show it's fan meal friday so we're starting with you guys's questions and going on with that throughout the show and starting with a good question which is what is the biggest area of need for the chargers this offseason what's going to improve them the most what do they have to get figured out as well as how aggressive and how early they'll be getting in on the action in free agency and of course we had a couple questions about eric weddle so we will give our thoughts on the eric weddle comments on today's show and we'll do some rapid questions at the end including you know what does brandon staley have to do better in 2022 and much much more but david let's start here with what the biggest area of need is for the Chargers. And thank you guys for everyone who contributed to the Fan Mail Friday. If you want to get your questions on the show, you can hit us up at LockedOnLAC. You can also hit up the voicemail line at 323-524-7924. You can always leave comments in the YouTube and all of that as well. And it's from the Undersender podcast, David, a friendly podcast to us for sure. When they ask, where is the biggest area of need this offseason? And I think it's very simple for me, David. I think it's adding talent to that defensive line, to the defensive tackles, to the edge rusher position. I think if you had to single it out to one thing like that, I mean, it's not one position because I think they need to add to that entire unit. I could just say defense because that's the easy question. But I think it starts up front, adding more talent around Joey Bosa. Yeah, definitely. Shout out to the Undersender podcast, to some really cool dudes from Ireland who uh, do a really, really good NFL podcast. So shout out to those dudes, man. Uh, I'm, I really had a good time on their podcast last time. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I obviously can't you know, can't argue with that. I have to agree that the Chargers' biggest issue is stopping the run and getting some interior pass rush and just getting better quality play on the defensive line. They just, they need to improve that unit. I think that's very crystal clear, but also saying the defense is not wrong too, because I think you can look at almost every position group on the defensive side and say that unit needs help. That unit needs more. That unit needs younger athletes, more speed. So there just needs to be just like there was a concentration on attacking improvements on the offensive line last year. There needs to be that same intense focus on the defensive side this year. Well, I think, David, I mean, adding talent to the secondary is a pretty close second, right? I mean, it's not that far away because I think really the main thing is just adding impact players defensively. Because we talked about it a little bit on yesterday's show. Like, if you add a Tyron Matthew, right, you're helping out your secondary not only at safety and giving you some good depth there, but it also helps you in the slot, right, where you already have two cornerbacks outside. You could draft a quarterback and not feel the need to push them in as early as possible. Because you have other dudes that can man that position for you with the two guys you already have in Michael Davis and Asante Samuel Jr. So, you know, adding someone like that helps your run defense, right? It helps your versatility. It gives you more options of what to do on third downs. But I think when you're talking about getting to those third downs and how the Chargers can be more successful there, yes, you have to guys in the, you know have guys in the secondary 
that can make plays, but you also have to get them into disadvantageous situations where they have yeah. to go for third and longs and things like that. But like, exactly. Even though we're saying the defensive front, yeah, you could use the linebacker, but like, I think the other thing we know is they have to come away with this in this off season with getting more talent in that secondary, whether it's more help yeah. at safety and guys who are versatile that can play both. Cause versatility was the name of the game for Brandon Staley. They don't have a ton of that right now with the guys they currently have. They could add more. Yeah, I mean, they need to add coverage players pretty much, uh, you know, at their line, linebacker position, also at their at the corner position and also at safety as well. I mean, I think they tried to address that a little bit in the draft, with, you know, later on in the draft when they took guys like Mark Webb, um, sure. Nick Neiman, you know, in the middle. Um, but Nick Neiman didn't really see the football field. And unfortunately, you know, due to injury, Mark Webb didn't really either. So um, they just need to continue to add. And I think maybe a little bit earlier on in the draft now if that's the route they're going to take but I also wouldn't mind them adding someone a little bit more established you know someone who's been in the league a little bit who can really add some of that veteran presence I think that's going to be not and and I mean veteran not old okay just so I'm very clear about that but uh, I think that the Chargers definitely need to add better coverage players Um, but I mean we all talked about we talked about how everything on the defensive line kind of you know they all respond to each other the pass rush the coverage, all of that, if they're in perfect harmony, that's when you're going to get the best version of the defense that you're looking for. One, when you're the 29th ranked defense in the NFL with Joey Bosa and Derwin James playing most of the season, I mean, that's the obvious answer because you feel like the offense will be fine. Even if they lose Mike Williams, you feel like they could do enough to supplement what they have and still put together a top 10 offense, a very efficient, explosive offense, hopefully, right? But I think the one thing with that question specifically is there's no one position where you add to it and it totally fixes everything i mean there's multiple changes that have to happen but let's get to the next twitter question here from ronnie delgado and we were also asking you know where people are from and also how they heard about the show first and ronnie says simi valley california and you heard about the podcast from barnaby in the 805 shout out to barnaby one of our og fans for sure and he asked do you think the the charge will come out of the gate aggressively when free agency begins considering the needs on defense and the urgency of this being the push year so we just don't know if Brains and Tom Telesco thinks it's a push year, you know, but I, I think we did see some progress in, in that regard last season when the Chargers went out and immediately got Corey Lindsley because we know the Chargers are not the team that is pushing early on. Even like the Limbaugh, Joseph, Chris Harris Jr., those signings didn't happen until later on in free agency. So I do think there's a part of me that's like, okay, well, the Chargers don't normally do this. Last season is the outlier, but at the same time, it could be Brandon Staley effect and just how this coaching staff relates with this front office and how that means they're going to push for things. Cause obviously they have the cap space to make a push for a big player on the first couple of days. I still would be hesitant to like say for sure that they will. It's almost impossible for me to sit here and tell you that Tom Telesco is going to be signing three or four dudes on, on the first, you know, or second day of the legal tampering period. It's just not something that we've seen from Tom, Tom Telesco. That's not how he really does his business. That's not how he, he handles his duties as general manager. I mean, it's always, you know, honestly hard pressed to see him even sign guys that are at the top of their position or, you know, even a couple of days after free agency starts. So as much as I would love to see Tom Telesco completely change who he is and go out there and spend big and spend really early, that's just not something that we've seen from him. So I don't think it's likely, even if there is the so-called push year that you say about. Well, I mean, except for last year when you did go sign arguably the best player at his position in Corey Lindsley, right. and you did it early on. 
It's just, are you going to judge that year versus the other, you know, eight seasons yes, of Tom Telesco's right. tenure? But the only thing that's really changed is having Brandon Staley. Brandon so Staley. Yeah. They, they did go out. They got Corey Lindsley. They made a big push for Matt Filer. Maybe we will see that. I think it has a lot to do with what kind of players they're targeting if they are going to go after a big fish. Because if you are going for a big fish, it usually happens earlier on in free agency. That's when yeah. you see those multi-year extensions. And there's going to be a few days like March 13th, where they can start talking to players. So these deals are going to be worked out. There's a few days for that to happen, right? So I wouldn't be surprised if the Chargers do have a deal. I mean, I'd still be a little surprised just given the history, but see? I could see it happening now because I've actually seen it happen now yeah. with Corey Lindsley. And if we're hearing Brandon Staley, maybe, you know, saying more than Tom Telesco wants him to say, and they might make a push similarly on the defensive side of things and get some established younger veterans that can come in and you know that you're getting the prime of their career probably that that's ideal i would think but there also is just you know a question we have later on talking about will the chargers you know go for a couple of big free agents or should they actually just go for more mid-level free agents and try to fill as many holes as possible so we're going to get into that and also the Eric Weddle drama, and we'll get into that right after this. But I do need to tell you guys about the official betting sponsor of the Locked On Chargers podcast, and that's BetOnline.net. Football might be over this season, but basketball is still in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props, to where the next fire coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all of your betting needs. And we have a lot of great things to bet on going forward, guys, even with the Super Bowl done and all the football being gone. I know it's very sad, but you still have UFC. They're going to have a fight night this weekend. More fights to bet on. There were some big underdogs that cashed in last week. I've definitely been getting in on that action for sure. And March Madness is right around the corner. You got college basketball and all the you know tournaments that are about to happen. So much good stuff to bet on. The only place you should be going with all that action is BetOnline.net. But it's not just basketball. BetOnline is also your source for hockey, boxing, UFC odds, right to the Olympic coverage and information. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action at BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, David. Well, we weren't sure if we wanted to talk about this Eric Weddle thing because it is very polarizing. But I think it is important that we do talk about it and we always want to, you know, pay it forward for the people, you know, or really let the people who comment and call into the show represent, you know, what Charger fans want to talk about. And I know this is something that Charger social media has very much wanted to talk about over the last week or so. And it seems like there's a pretty big divide on it. So we yeah. do have another voicemail in here today so let's get to what Devin from LA thinks about it Hi, Devin from LA here Chargers fan for 10 plus years uh, just saw after the press conference how Eric Weddle personally thanked Tom Telesco for uh, letting him go and lighting the fire on their foot and how he got the last laugh with the championship just wanted to get your guys' thoughts on that and uh, you know maybe another wake up call on why maybe TT has to go once again want to get your thoughts on that you guys have a great podcast keep it up and uh, as always both up so the one thing i want to start with is there's wrong on both sides here right yeah. because it is a it's a petty thing to do by eric weddle after the super bowl when he should just be you know basking in that and you know bathing in the glory of coming out of retirement and doing what he did because that was crazy definitely respect the hell out of him for being able to come back and be a meaningful contributor you yeah. know, to a playoff team, a, a Super Bowl winning team. And I think this is what gets lost is how loved he was when he was a Charger, right? Because it's like yeah. that was the, the nicest jersey I ever got was an Eric Weddle jersey, right? And I remember when I got it and it was so sick because he was just, he was bigger, you know, he's a larger than life personality. He had the beard, he had the persona, 
he was a really, really good player. And the Chargers did take care of him by making him the highest paid safety at one point. Yeah. And they also made a mistake by burning that bridge because the next few years he was still playing at a very, very high level. So, Dave, when you see something like this, understanding it's petty, right, what does it make you think? Yeah, I mean, with with this whole situation, I think it's important to have some context with how, how things kind of went with Eric Weddle and, and the Chargers. And there was a lot of things that happened, especially towards that last year that he was with the Chargers. I mean, one specific example, I mean, he got fined for watching his daughter go out there and, and have a performance at halftime by the team. And I think that was something that's kind of petty. And I understand why that would piss Eric Weddle off. It's it's a very kind of... Well, and supposedly he had a way that he could have sent an email and they would have given him the access to go on the field during halftime. I was at that game and he didn't yeah. do it. But still, I mean, it, it, something that stupid, if a dude wants to go out and watch his kid, whether or not he did that, I mean, you shouldn't be, you know, finding people, not letting him play the rest of the season. All yeah. the other crazy stuff, for that, sure. Th that's ridiculous. Now, as far as, you know, the Chargers not bringing Eric Weddle back from a business standpoint, Eric Weddle was approaching the age of 30. So, I mean, that is a magic number. Unfortunately, on the negative side of things, uh, when you're talking about most of the players at most positions in the NFL. So, I mean, that part of it, I, I understand why the Chargers wanted to do that, but could they have handled that situation better? There's no question about that. And we've seen several examples in the past of certain negotiations or certain, you know, the handling of certain players not really being done the best possible way by this organization. Um, but, I mean, this situation, I think as far as the comments for Eric Weddle, I don't know if they were entirely necessary. I think, hey, what you just went, won a championship. I mean, enjoy that. The, there's not very many players in NFL history that get to say, hey, I won a championship. And, oh, by the way, you were playing basketball a few weeks before, and then you jump in, have a pretty damn good playoff appearance, and you win a championship. That's the most important thing. Focus on that. Yeah, so, I mean, the, like I said at the beginning, there was wrong on both sides. I think it, fans are a little too critical, I mean, especially, you know, not understanding that because Eric Weddle's not the only person that feels this way. I mean, right. I know of several former players that have been highly critical, you know, of the Chargers and their front office specifically. And, of course, I mean, when guys are getting cut, that there's always going to be some hard feelings there, even it's though personal. it is a business. Yeah. But, I mean, you're talking about him turning 30. Like, the Chargers unequivocally made the bad move from a football standpoint. The dude was an all-pro after he left. So, yeah. like, he still had juice in the tank, and the Chargers didn't believe in that. And Eric Weddle's whole thing is, hey, that entire last season, they didn't talk to me. Like, they just knew I was gone, and they didn't talk yeah. to me. He specifically called out Tom Telesco himself. And I, I don't know that, you know, he said, he said, she said. Like, there's a lot behind closed doors we don't right. know about. But what I do know is it's not a good look for Tom Telesco, whether I believe Eric Weddle or not. Like, you don't want players – bad mouthing you as a general manager or your no. organization you know because you want to be a free agent destination you want to be, have a team you know you have all the cap space in the world players still have to want to come play there right so yeah you don't want that coming out about your gm and i think that's the most troublesome part like i, I don't blame eric Weddle for thing, saying i do think it was petty and i think you should probably focus on other things and it did i'm sure inspire him to go do some of the good things that he did and he felt like he was burned and he went out there and played well after yeah. his team let him go, the team he said he wanted to continue playing for. The biggest thing is we don't know how if he was a locker room cancer or anything yeah. like that. But what I do know is when he was here, you weren't really hearing those things. Maybe no. other people have more information than I was, but that wasn't the thoughts leading up to when he departed the team. Was hey, this dude is just a miserable person to be around, and none of the other players like him. That's the part I never heard during yeah. the time. But let's get to the next question here. 
because, I mean, Eric Waddle played for the Chargers like 10 years ago. So <laughs> let's get to this one here from Donnie from Wisconsin, one of our favorites, saying he's from Wisconsin, and he found us on Twitter, and I've listened to every single episode. Hopefully not the early episodes, Donnie. Don't go back to the early episodes. It's very, very bad. Don't do it. Oh, God. Me and David do it just for fun sometimes, just to see how <laughs> bad we were when we first started. It's like, oh, but anyways, you don't need to go back. Like The last like four or 500 are, are good. Those ones are safe, so feel free to go to those. But he says his question is, do we prefer to sign one or two big free agents to fill major needs or sign a bunch of guys for depth and filling holes? David, I'll let you take this one first. Yeah, I mean, I think it just depends on the uh, the position that we're attacking. I think there's certain positions that you can't address with with a, a middle of the rain, middle of the road type of player, or you know, that's just like for example, on your offensive line, I think you can get some bargain values at some positions, like maybe at guard. But I think there are other positions that where you want to attack with a premium type of player. So just depending on what position group you're trying to add to, I think would really determine on what type of player or what type of profile of a player you're trying to bring in. So, I mean, I want to ask for both, you know what I mean? And I think there is some room for that, but like, it's probably not realistic that they're going to come down with big multi-year contracts for, a Kazir White and a Uchen Nwosu and a Mike Williams and a Justin Jones and still be able to bring in a key mix or Tyron Matthew and, you know, all these other guys. Right. It's just as much count space as there is. You're not going to ever see that kind of spending spree. Uh, but with the Chargers, I mean, they have all the flexibility. They can do whatever they want. So for me, if you can get a couple of those guys, right, like if you can go get a Tyron Matthew and a Nakeem Hicks, who I don't think is going to be – you know, top of the line. He's not going to be asking for top five defensive tackle money, right? right. He knows yeah, he's, he's not 26 years old, right? Yeah. Totally. He wants a, a chance to be on a better team, play in a system that he knows work, you hope, right? And someone he's familiar with. So if you can go get a Tyron Matthew and Akeem Hanks, if you can go get a Tyron Matthew, a Sebastian Joseph Day, and then fill in the pieces and hit on the pieces, more importantly, like the Odea yeah. Bushis, like the Kyler Fackrells, bringing in those type of dudes and you can fill the rest of the holes and find some more depth that way. I think that is the way to go but we also had a last minute question from a down by content who says found you after first getting into lockdown with tampa bay trey and benjamin solak couple dudes that were just working with us seemingly yesterday and dudes that are you know now works for the ringer one of them and like just doing huge huge things but say they've been a listener ever since and have been inspired to start posting my own content as a result what's the position the bolts most need to go with at 17 so that's awesome. Thank you. I'm glad we inspired you to post your own content. And the one thing I will say to anybody out there who wants to post their own content, the number one thing I try to tell everyone, it's a grind. It's going to be a Definitely ton of work, grind. but you're not ever going to get it if you don't just keep doing it and grinding it out. Our first ever episode had, you know, 29 people downloaded it, you know. And now we're 15 doing, of those were our immediate family. 15 of those friends. were just my grandma who like <laughs> literally at that point, guys, I'm not kidding you was going on every single show post. David remembers this. And going, oh my God, that's my grandson. He's so handsome. Every (laughs) single time we did a show, my grandma was... Shout out to grandma. Shout Shout out out to to grandma Grandma. Judy. I love you. But every show, it was like, oh my God, look at that beard. Like, look at those cheeks. I'm like, grandma. Like, I almost had to block my grandma on social media. (laughs) But David, I think that the answer here is pretty simple for me. And like, one of the things is, is like, if the Georgia don't bring back Mike Williams, now it feels like you have to go for a receiver at 17, right? Or something yeah. like that. You feel more inclined to uh, spend a premier draft pick on that. I think for me, there's no one position. Like free agency is going to give us some clarity on what yeah. they're, you know, most shallow at. 
But like you always want to, it's going to be a few positions for me. For me, it's either going to be edge rusher, cornerback, right tackle. Those are going to be the three that I'm looking for. I don't know, like get the best player available out of those three positions. Because I think one of those three, you'll get somebody that follows to you. That's worth it at that pick. Yeah, I mean, I think I agree with you. I just think I don't know if we have enough information right now with uh, what we think the Chargers plan is going to be. I mean, once we see what their moves are in, in free agency, you know, that might give us a little bit clearer of a picture of what they're going to try to attack in the draft. Um, and that's not always a direct correlation because obviously in the draft, you're looking at how you're going to add to your team for the next four or five years. But um, it, it does seem to go hand in hand, at least. A little bit, but I agree with you for the most part. I, I think corner, edge rusher, uh, defensive line. If if you have a transcendent talent at any of those type of positions, and they're available at seventeen, I think uh, you can't go wrong with adding any one of those positions. Yeah, and I, I mean, we just don't even know if there will be a transcendent talent there, right? I mean, you exactly. know that there's going to be some you'll probably feel pretty good about from at least what we've seen so far, and there'll be three more on mock draft Monday to talk about because there's that many different options for the Chargers at seventeen. I think for the Chargers, it's just there's no, it's it's too hard to say one position. And I did leave out defensive tackle because I think if you're not going to go with you know a Jordan Davis and you're not down for that at 17, considering you know assuming that they don't trade back, you're probably not going defensive tackle. And I just think the other positions are just too much, you know, way more important, get paid way more, way you know nicer to have on rookie contracts. All those things play a part, and it's just harder to get impact players at those positions all the time but we do have a lot more questions to get into and i mean a lot so we're gonna have to go rapid fire round in the next segment getting into what brandon staley can do better some quarterbacks that could potentially be on the move to the afc west like a russell wilson kyler murray aaron Rodgers, and if jadavian Clowney fits in the brandon staley defense so we're gonna get into that but i do need to tell you guys first just about my favorite protein bar because the one thing i know that does fit is Built Bar because Built Bar is a perfect fit for anybody because Built Bars are just the best. They taste the best. They're the best for you. You're not going to find something that gives you that same bang for your buck as far as flavor while also finding something that fits on your diet. And I know this is the year my New Year's resolutions are continuing the longest they ever had before. I got a wedding coming up. I'm keeping them going as long as possible. And one of the things that's been so crucial for me during that time is having Built Bars and you know feeling like I can have a candy bar Having a sweet treat, something that can break up the monotony of, you know, what a lot of diets consist of, especially the really healthy ones. Built Bars are perfect to break things up. You can go cookies and cream, peanut butter, brownie. You're not going to find a lot of peanut butter, brownie flavored things that are going to fit on your diet. Let me tell you that. And you can even go with the puffs. I mean, the Built Puffs are the first ever protein infused marshmallow that gives you that marshmallowy goodness and great flavors like cinnamon churro, banana cream pie. Built Bar has the flavors, guys. Most bars, bar, most bars have 17 grams of protein, and they're all low in sugar, about 4 grams of sugar and 4 grams of net carbs, while also getting cookies and cream, peanut butter brownie, coconut almond, salted caramel, so many great flavors to choose from, and you can even save some money. Because you go to Built.com, you can use the promo code LOCKED15 to save 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 at, for 15% off at Built.com. All right, well, it's always so hard to talk after Bilt Bar reads. My mouth just starts watering just by instinct of just thinking about it, you know? So I'll try to, you know, suck it up for you guys here in the last segment, getting into our rapid-fire round of the rest of the questions. And thank you guys for hitting us up on Twitter, at LockdownLAC. Bring your questions on today's show because you guys really came through for us with this Fan Mail Friday. I mean, we want to let you guys kind of control the show, you know, and get your thoughts on here and see what you want us to talk about. You guys came through. 
Now it's time for the rapid fire round, Dave, and we're starting with Blue Blitz from Twitter. All these are going to be from Twitter. But Fire would Javian Clowney be a fit in Brandon Staley's scheme? Go ahead, David. Rapid. I, yeah, anytime you're adding a guy who has Master. 40 sacks in his career and had nine this past season, you need to add pass rush. I mean, would he fit? Sure. Would the would the contract fit? That's what I'm not so sure about. Yeah, I mean, he's still – it's so weird. just seems to keep getting these kind of one-year deals. You know, yeah, he's like an enigma. Him. But – Yes. I mean, he would fit. They could find a way to make him fit because you've seen him rush with his hand in the dirt. You've seen him be a standing outside linebacker. He's played in both 3-4 and 4-3 defenses. And the Chargers, I mean, they really, even though they are a 3-4, right, it's really not like that because they do run so much nickel, 80% or more. They have at least, you know, five defensive backs on the field, and there's four pass rushers for the most part. So I think in that scenario, I mean, yeah, you'd find a way for him to fit. The one thing with me, there's just too many seasons of not being a consistent finisher, but I did watch some tape on him just for this question. Rapid round. This is not rapid, Dan. Yes, he would fit. I don't know if the money would work out, but you need to keep adding pass rush, as David said. But let's get to Zach from Florida, who says, what were your thoughts this season on Larry Roundtree? I think he did good given the production. Looking forward to seeing how he does next season with more production. So not a lot of production to speak of there. 2.4 yards per carry, 36 carries. David, what were your thoughts on Larry Roundtree? Yeah, I mean, he had a couple of nice runs early on in the season, a couple of flashes in, in preseason, but he just didn't get enough touches for me to get a really like full understanding of what his capabilities are. He just didn't play enough. And so, I mean, I think it's just uh, inconclusive for me. You need to see uh, some higher quality of play out of Larry Roundtree if he wants to be on the football field more. Well, and I think a lot of people hope they would see a big jump out of Josh Kelly this year that we didn't get either, right? I mean, yeah. I think right now the tough thing is is Justin Jackson is a free agency with a long injury history, and the other two guys you don't feel good about at this point being the RB2 to Austin Eckler where you can get meaningful snaps from someone while not having all the wear and tear on Austin Eckler's body. But let's go to Sherd on Twitter. It's Sherd. I know it is. It's Sherd. And he found us on YouTube, and he's from Philadelphia. But he asked, do you believe T.T.? Tom Telesco and Brandon Staley will inevitably bump heads when it comes to offseason strategy. Both of their end-of-the-year presses were very different when it came to how the offseason would be approached. And the one thing I'd say about that, Dave, first off, is we also heard Tom Telesco say last year that there wasn't a hole in left tackle when the Chargers spent the 13th overall pick on Rashawn Slater. Exactly. So I think it's just I, – I don't think so because it seems like Tom Telesco has been pretty amenable to what his head coach wants. Yeah, and also I'd like to point out is this one person is answering this question as a head coach – and the other person is answering this question as a general manager. They're inherently going to answer those questions differently because of those specific titles. That's one thing you have to acknowledge right off the bat. But I do think yeah. there is some synchronicity between Brandon Staley and Tom Telesco. They are both very complimentary of each other. I think they're on the same page. Uh, I, I think the the who, whosoever vision it is, uh, is is going to carry itself out, and I think that's going to be Brandon Staley's. I mean, I think we just have to be liking how much we thought this last draft class and free agency class had kind of Brandon Staley's fingerprints on it, exactly. right? And what Brandon Staley wanted to do. So I'm very encouraged by that relationship so far. Yeah. You never know. I mean, you never know how that relationship is going to work out, but it seems like it's going okay so far. I'm, there's nothing last year that would tell us it's going to be an issue this year. So right. I have to hope that. But Sherd also asked if there were two QBs to join the AFC West, who would you choose? Aaron Rodgers, Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, Brady unretiring, or Jimmy G? And I think for me, this one's easy. I think it's Jimmy G, and I think it's Kyler Murray. I mean, I, I'd take Russell over Kyler. Deshaun Watson, if I knew he was going to sit out a whole nother year, 
yeah, I mean, I take that obviously, but Tom Brady unretiring. I don't want to see an unretired Tom Brady by any means. No, not at all. I, I, I agree with you completely. I think uh, Jimmy G has been the beneficiary of a very good organization and a very good team around him. I don't necessarily think that it's all been Jimmy G or even in large part to Jimmy G's play. So I definitely uh, would agree with you on those two names. Like, I think Jimmy G, if he went to the Broncos or something, like, they'd be a very formidable team. I mean, we just saw a team drag Jimmy G to a Super Bowl a couple of years ago, right? And almost to another one this season. So, like, Jimmy G is good enough to be a game manager and could take a defense like the Denver Broncos, I think, pretty far, and they'd be a very competitive team. But I'd still way rather have him have Jimmy G than an Aaron Rodgers or somebody that could really elevate that franchise like when Peyton Manning took that franchise over, right? Keep all that away from me. I just think Russell Wilson, too, much better chance to bounce back. Oh, yeah. You know, and, you know, Kyler Murray, I mean, he could just go to the Broncos and start unfollowing them on Twitter and he'd just make the whole thing unravel. So, like, there's always that <laughs> opportunity there, too. Boom. But let's get to our last Twitter question here from Kevin, who says, from Agora Hills, California, and his buddy at work told him to check in on the Locked On Chargers. He enjoys the Locked On 49ers podcast. Great podcast. Eric Crocker, Brian Peacock, shout out. But he asked, where do you think Coach Brandon Staley could improve? And obviously, he's perfect, and he has balls of steel. But, David, where do you think he could improve if he had to? Yeah, I, I think this was a little bit more difficult, obviously, because, I mean, who are we to evaluate coaches? But uh, I mean, the host uh, of the Locked on Chargers podcast. Go right, on. Right, obviously. Uh, no, I think just the one thing uh, that kind of stuck out stood out to me was – just putting players on the football field that you know you see are not really working out or not really playing to you know the level they need to play on, and you're not switching those guys out, getting other players other opportunities. I think you're just sticking with guys a little bit too long. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think there's definitely questions there. I mean, for as transparent as he was to come out and just say that Kenneth Murray is our best coverage linebacker, it's either you're taking huge shots at the other dudes in that <laughs> position group, right? Or yeah. you're just flat out being dishonest. And I think it's like, not only that, but like you gave the dudes more snaps. Like you gave Jerry Tillery all those snaps, knowing, he, you know, his deficiencies in the run, you know, stopping the run. So like, I think that was probably my biggest thing too, especially because as, you know, he also gave Kazir White the starting job over Kenneth Murray, Andrew Tranquil, you know, at the start of the year. So like he has shown in the past the ability to no matter you know where you were drafted and things like that he's gonna play the best player but there were some severe moments where you questioned that last year and I mean I'm I, I think there's probably people out there that said be smarter on fourth down you know and he's got to be better on defense and I agree like I think especially you know dealing with the injuries that they had last year I mean I think you could have done a better job of you know handling that coming up with better game plans to try to mask your deficiencies a little better I'm not gonna tell yeah. him how to do that. But obviously the results were what they were. Sure. And then it's just like, was it Brandon Staley scheming things or was that just how bad those dudes coming in for the Chargers were? Which, pretty good argument, I would say, for the latter. But that is going to do it for Fan Mail Friday this week. Thank you guys so much for the content. And we have way more to get into on Mock Draft Monday because we're going to continue that all the way up until the draft. So three new first-round prospects next week because there's so many guys they can prove, choose from. Jesus, drunk Christ. But we will be getting into that on Monday. <laughs> Sweet baby Jesus. Um, I'm excited to get into that. Trent McDuffie, a guy that, you know, we were asked a question about super last minute. We couldn't fit on the show today. He'll probably be another, one of those guys. And there's a couple other guys that I think would make a lot of sense for the Chargers at 17 that we could talk about too. More prospects coming up and we'll continue that draft coverage and free agent coverage through the rest of the offseason because this is your only source 
for daily Chargers content, video and audio. You can find the show on YouTube at our Locked On Chargers YouTube channel. And you can also follow the show for free on all platforms, wherever you get your podcasts from, whether it's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever. If you ever don't see where it, you know, it should normally be, you can always check us out on social media. You can always find all the different places to find the show on there. And you can hit us up at Lockdown LAC, right, where you can ask us questions as well on Twitter. You can also hit me up on Twitter at Dan Talk Sports and David Drogmar on Twitter at Drotalk. SD, but we also have a locked on chargers Instagram page at locked on chargers and our locked on chargers Facebook page. Thank you to everybody who called in to the show and added your questions on Twitter. Again, you can call into the show at 323-524-7924, but make sure you guys are back here with us on Monday for another edition of mock draft Monday, but until then take it easy and go bolts.